Welcome to another episode of In Space with Chris Connor. I am your host, as always. Got a, um, a special guest of, of my own here with me. Um, you might you might have known him known him from uh, Hard in the Paint, uh, award winning podcast. You might you might know him from the Dome Patrol. Uh, you might <laughs> you might you you might know him from uh, the work that he does uh, with Terrence Copper and a wonderful Saint uh, another different Saints Saints podcast or um, Saints covers that Grub is Grub is into the bird calls the birds. The, the bird scoop. I, listen, my dog is everywhere. Pelican scoop. I, I said the bird scoop. That's crazy. Pelican scoop. <laughs> With SI.com, my OG, David Grubb. What's going on, brother? Hey, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Whether we talk about sports, we just kicking it and talking about life. You know, you're my brother, and I appreciate you. Hey, man, it's, it's the same on this side. And this was actually why I wanted to have this conversation uh, that, we're, that we're about to get into. Um, for those that are that are here, like there's not even a thumbnail made made for this episode. It just it just had to happen. I think the title the 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 title that I submitted was super was super long. So I have no idea when this is going to be released. It could be tonight. It could be tomorrow. Uh, we are currently with Friday, March tenth. Um, but yo, man, um, it kind of brought me back to why I created this show. Grub was actually a part of the first show that I that I did here, and um, it was important for me to talk things outside of just, you know, the Pelicans outside of sports in a sense, even if it's sports related for those that are just here for Pelicans related stuff. We will talk um, some Pelicans towards the end, maybe last 10 or 15 minutes. But this conversation, this particular show is going to be centered mainly around John Morant and Kyrie Irving. It's been on my heart, been on my mind. And yo, man. I thought I thought Grub was, you know, in my mind, uh, the best the best person to bring this conversation balance and kind of, um, you know, just chop it up with about it. So um, let's get into it. The the latest part of this of this conversation, it kind of happened before or after I I even wanted to have the conversation. Kyrie Irving um, dropped uh, his drop some thoughts. I think you I, I think he did it via via Twitch after the Pelicans Mavericks game. It may have been, it may have been recorded before then, but I think it hit the actual the actual net it, it hit online um the night of or the the morning after the Pelicans Dallas Mavericks game where he shared a bunch of thoughts similar in um what we kind of used to Kyrie just speaking off the cuff sharing what's on his heart, sharing what's on his mind, whether you agree or not. He also shared some things about John Morant that I do want to get into. But so because Grub doesn't even know. Grub, this had been on my heart and on my mind, mainly centered around the John Morant discussion. And I had thought some of some similar thoughts about Kyrie previously, but I just didn't feel like going going through the conversation. I think I thought it was talked about enough. You bring in um, Kyrie's comments about Ja, you bring in the situation with Ja Morant last weekish. felt like it all, it all came together. So by now, most of you know what happened. The situation with Ja Morant is currently still ongoing, still hasn't, still isn't resolved. We don't know when um, the, rem- the ramifications of this whole ordeal 
will be done, um, if ever. And um, the Kyrie Irving situation ordeal, where, wherever you kind of um, frame it or what you frame it as. So here's my thoughts, Grub. And here's, I think, what was troubling me, what was bothering me completely about this entire situation. And I'll tie them two together at some point, but we'll start with John. And I want your thoughts on, well, actually, I'll first, I'll first ask you, when the John News, John Video, and he kind of had a bunch, he, he had a couple of other things that had um, preceded the situation in the club with with the gun, so on, to, um, to say that, that he had been alleged to be involved with beforehand. So it wasn't like it was just this and nothing else, but there was some other things as well. But not just the situation, the backlash afterwards. What were your thoughts? And then I'll share mine and we can really get into the discussion. Well, the first thing is like I took a step back because I think everybody was in this rush to first make jokes. You know, that's the that's the nature of the Internet. And and, and just it's either to, to make a lot of jokes about somebody whenever they, they get into a situation. Or then the other thing is to everybody wants to be their therapist immediately you know, and make a decision about the individuals. And I think that kind of goes into what Kyrie was talking about too, in that regard. So, you know, none of us know John Morant. And that's the first thing is like, as somebody who's, who's gone through shit and we all have gone through shit. I don't, I, I don't want to judge a man before I know him. You know, the first thing I want to do is just be like concerned for him. Because no matter what, he's a person in our society. And if, if that person is going off the rails, whether it's a little bit or a lot, that's that, that's a negative for all of us. It's, there's no good in that, in watching another person have some sort of downfall, even if it's just temporary. There's no good in that. So, you know, the, I, I, I wanted to look at it and I, and I stepped back and I'm like, why are we framing this in a certain way? You know, why are we, why are we looking at this guy and, and criminalizing him in a country where on the one hand, Every day you got people telling you how it's your right to own a gun and carry a gun and open carry and these things. If and and then on the other hand, you're telling young men that you gotta have, you gotta be protecting yourself, especially if you got a lot of money and you're you're a target, and you have all these people telling you these contradictory things. And then you throw on top of that the fact that he's 22, 23 years old. Yeah. And and would we did we react the same way when it was Justin Bieber getting into stuff and driving his car 150 miles an hour on South Beach and throwing eggs at his neighbor's house and doing all these things. You know, young people, fame and money have been a bad mix. Old people, fame and money have been a bad mix since the beginning of time. You know, it, it's just there are times when you, you get out of pocket and some people can come back from that and some people can't. You know, everybody ain't going to turn into Rick James. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything is not going to become a true Hollywood story. Sometimes you're just a, a, a guy having a rough time. And hopefully that's all it is for job because I, I haven't heard anything about, you know, there was speculation about addiction and there's speculation about alcoholism. I haven't seen any of that. I, I don't think you can play the way he's been playing over these past couple of years and, and think that he has a drug problem. I think he might have an attention problem. He might have, a, you know, the thing that feeds into you that you constantly have to be in the center because people are pushing you there. They keep telling you you're the face. Of the, you're going to be the upcoming face. Well, when you're young, you start acting on these things. 
How is this any different than what we saw with Allen Iverson a generation ago? You know, Allen Iverson, who's an icon today and revered as an OG of, of his group, peer group, the same thing, worse things. You know, we talk about assaults that Allen got involved at, the, at, at, at uh, casinos in Detroit or altercations with his wife or things, him and Jerry Stackhouse literally having their posses come to blows, you know, or the Portland Trailblazers, even before that, go back, you know, to the, to the jailblazers. Guys got caught with guns in their cars, things happen. And we looking at Sean Kemp this week, 53 years old, and Sean getting caught up in mess that as the details came out, it rounded out the story, but it's still mess that a grown man of his stature probably shouldn't be involved in. So before we start raining down and acting like the sky is falling for John Morant, let's give that young man a bit of grace and some understanding and say, listen, and just wonder what he needs, you know, and and and, and wonder what's what it's going to take for him to be okay as a person. Because basketball-wise, look, we know the sport is going to go on with or without John Morant. The NBA is going to be, you know, like, as far as the business goes, it'll go on with or without John Morant. But the world, the people who care about John Morant, the people who, who uh, you know, need John Morant for one reason or another or love John Morant for one reason or another, those people need to just step back and just give this thing some time and see what he does. Because I think we've all gone too far and have had somebody pull your coat back and say, hey, slow down. Now, then the second choice is yours. After you've hit the wall and somebody says, don't run into the wall anymore, if you choose to run into it again, that's on you. But I think this is a, a the same kind of check that most young men at some point in their life or young women for that, for whatever reason, at some point in our life, we all go too far. Agree, man. And, you know, and I think the first thing I do, I do want to want to point at, which I, I heavily agree with grub is the, we don't know job, right? We, these, these things happen with celebrities and all the time, just because especially in this era where, where where you're exposed to more about someone's life or what you think is their life now than you ever were before, people feel like they, they feel an extra level of attachment to them. So where they, they almost feel like they can comment, they can forecast, they can totally understand or predict what's going on in said person's life. And at the end of the day, you don't, you don't know. So we hear things like, Oh well, he comes from a, you know, a, a two, um, a two-parent household, where, like, if you live long enough, I know people that come from a two-parent household that will knock your head off just like the person that you think that comes from a one-person, a one-parent household would, right? So that's one side of it. It's like these these situations happen, and it's so many different places that jump that that go into judgment. They go right away into, okay, well, this is why it happened. Or how could he do this? Or he's messing up his bag. Or he needs the right people in his circle. And it's like, like who? <laughs> I see these things and I see them on Twitter like all the time because Twitter is the main, the main social media site in which I'm one. I'm like, it's so often I want to comment like, yeah. name four people that's in John Moran's circle. Like, I don't know any of those people. Exactly. We're talking about T. Morant. You know, you know, we're we're questioning uh how he is as a father. When most of us don't know, 99% of people do not know how jo how 
Ja was raised. You see a couple pictures. You read a couple quotes. You hear things. You may you may have um you may you may know a cousin, but you don't know. You weren't in the household to know one way or another to be able to say T dropped the ball or T needs to be here or that. None of us know. That's one part of it. So okay. The next side of it is, and I thought, Grub, I I I was waiting. I was waiting for the right person to come on and say the right thing. The first person that I saw was Jalen Rose. And if he didn't say anything else, he could have, he started off his comments so well to which his opening statement could have been it. And it would have been great. It would have been the greatest thing at all day. He said, I am John Moran. You didn't have to say anything else. Not, Yo, man, you blowing, you know, you know, you blowing your opportunity, which could still be true. Not, you know, um, this is what's wrong with society. Girl, I, I'm gonna tell you something about me. Anytime I see a man or woman get on TV and say, This is what's wrong with the black community, before they even finish the community, I turn it off. Yep. I turn I'm not it. doing it. I'm not I doing it. As soon as before you even finish community, I turn it off. Cause bro, like. Some of this, and you know, I mean, to the first thing I thought about when I saw Ja in the club is community because I'm my generation, like, I see situations like Ja. I know Ja Morantz, right? They may not have his level of status, which what we make it about, we make it about money, we make it about his status, we make it about such and such. When it's about, bro, it's about mentality, it's about pain, it's about fame, like you mentioned, it's about a bunch of different things. That's not access. Yeah, like, you know, you, all this stuff. When you have access to everything that you could want, like just think about that. Like, there are very few times in your life that you have access to everything that you could possibly want. Everything. And let me do that for any person out there and tell me you're not gonna make some bad choices. We do that every day. If I put enough junk food in front of you and tell you don't eat junk food, there's enough of us who are gonna pick up, you know, some candy and and know we shouldn't be doing it. But we're gonna do it. I, I mean, look, I've I've been arrested. I've been arrested. Me too. Me too. And I had I both parents at home. ESPN. Upper middle class, you know, grew up upper middle class. Both parents at home. Um, I was an honor student. All those things. I was taught the right thing. I made mistakes. I did dumb stuff. It, it's not, you know, at some point, it's it's it has nothing to do with your your background. It's it's, it's about growing up. And what, when do you grow up? The, the real answer is never. You never grow up. You are, you are still, I'm 47 years old, about to turn 48, and I still make some of the childish decisions that I made 25, yes. 35 years ago. Yes. There are less of them. You know, I always am trying to be better than I was, but I'm still, you know, and, and the people that you grow up with, the people that you see every day, the things that you connect with your friends on is the fact that you haven't changed that much. The, the, the And that's your good and your bad. That's your good and your bad. Your lasting relationships, they know you're good and you're bad. They know that you still go to those places. So, you know, yeah, this whole thing of expecting people because they've been given money at a certain point to then all of a sudden understand what responsibility is. When, when people without money, people with a little bit of money, people with a lot more money than jobs, who should be far more accountable than, than for their behaviors. Look, you just saw the number one documentary on Netflix right now is about the Murdoch murders, right? Yeah. 
that's an affluent family from uh, that had a history, you know, of, of, of power and prominence and all the money they could have. And they making stupid decisions and people are doing horrible things. So what's their excuse then? Is that part of the problem with white America? You know what I'm saying? So nobody wants to do that. So it's, 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 we're making it far more complicated than it is because we want to define, we want to make job exactly. a poster for whatever argument we want to make about our society, whatever it is, he can be the avatar for you, whatever you want to be positive or negative. And it's, and like Jalen Rose said, the ultimate thing is we, we're all John Morant. We've yep. all been John Morant to some level or another. And you can't say that you didn't, you haven't done something that you really regretted, but that was really stupid and, and thought, you know, that you could get away with it at some point. I mean, you just kept making dumb decisions. You thought you could get away with them. And the reality, the reality grub is that, you know, is that when you see stuff like that, my, my first thought goes straight to, well, hey, I hope that brother's okay. You know what I'm saying? I hope that brother's okay. I'm not thinking about the money that's in his bank account. I'm not thinking about him from a basketball player. Because look here. If I have $10 to my name and I am in a strip club at 2.30 a.m. in the morning, okay, intoxicated to something, whether whether he was or not, and I have a gun in my hand, just to brandish it or for whatever reason, I would hope that my friends holler at me and be like, hey, you all right? Whether... Whether that's a whether that's a habit, whether it is, whether it because again, we don't know John Moran. We don't know him to know, you know, you know, you see bits and pieces of someone, you see what someone chooses to show you that can't determine what that person is or isn't, you know, and it's like the first thought should always and, and, and that's not to say the people that are on high horses about talking about the community, talking about young talking about young folks talking about generational gaps talking about music talking about entertainment that's not saying that they don't hope that jai is okay but it dives into what you mentioned about about mistakes bro i like <laughs> when i was 23 man I, I i've done things in which i can't talk about today there there are ways in which i talked there, there are phrases that I use. There are words in which I use that would not be acceptable today. But ain't nobody, you know, like, nobody, I'm not being penalized for it. Mm-hmm. Because people learn, people change, people grow. And it's like, just because this man is at, you know, um, what could be the apex of his career, doesn't mean that he's supposed to have all of it figured out today. Your status don't change where you're at mentally. It doesn't change the amount of experiences that you've been through. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate it to my core because there are people that there's a fraction of folks that have made worse or similar mistakes. that's passing judgment on this dude. You know what I'm saying? From a behind a keyboard, you know, and it's like, like, what, what were you doing at that age? I hate it. And I think that's really the, you know, the part of it that was really stuck, stuck on me because you know, you you brought up the Justin Bieber element. You brought up the, you know, like like this is how many this times awesome. did he get arrested? Yeah, and it, and and it's you know, and sometimes it's brushed off. Okay, you know, you know, he, he's just a kid battling this, battling that. Like yo, bro, we all we all suffer with, um, whether it be addiction, whether it be 
problems with status, fame, situation, race, circumstance in different manners. You know, so I could say at the same time, like, yo, I probably, yo, like, hey, that that probably wasn't a move, y'all. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. But at the end of the day, it should end with, I hope that brother gets whatever is blocking him right now, whatever's in his way, whatever's bothering him, whatever he's fighting through, whatever he's trying to convey, I hope he's able to, like, beat that i hope he's able to overcome that to where he's not blocking his blessing he can continue to provide for himself his family and live the best life possible why does it not end there because you know people i think you know we want to have a reason for everything we want to have a villain in every situation and there's not always a villain you know what i mean like it, it's life is is just hard you know, like famously, Tupac had never been arrested before he became a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like, like life just, it, it, there's no preparation for fame. There's no preparation for that kind of scrutiny of people always wanting something from you, whether it's your time, your money, your attention, your whatever they want. I mean, I, I, I don't know what that's like to live like that. I don't know what like that. I have been moderately famous in my life. Like, you know, I, I, when I was in television news in a small town, you are moderately famous. People come up to you and talk to you like you have things. They assume things about you when you, they see you all the time. Like you said, they think they know you because you're in their house every night. But they don't. And we don't know what's going on. We don't know what combination of anything, what how people respond to stress, what they're going to do, what's just growing up, what's the There is not a, a point of time in the history of this world where young people, given this kind of power, you can go back to Caligula in ancient Rome. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I mean, I'm dead serious. You know, we're talking about a, a young emperor who took over and then all of his worst tendencies came out. So it's just, I, I I don't understand why we want to villainize people because it, either it's it's great that people enjoy taking down people they perceive as powerful in a situation where they, they want to say, well, if I was in that situation, I would never. But that's there's a reason why you're not in that situation. There's a reason why none of us are in that situation because we aren't that, we don't have that extraordinary gift that John Moran has. So there's, you, do you remember... The Whitney Houston documentary, yeah. the real one, yeah, like, that was done by her family, mm -hmm. and and they really got deep. And she was talking about how her and Michael Jackson used to sit in a room and not speak, but they were cool because they were the only two who knew what it was like to be that famous. Yeah, that pressure of being that famous, and think about all the stuff that goes along with that, and, and the destruction of both of those people in some ways, but. Just like that, at the same time, Prince is going through his own stuff and you never knew it. So we're seeing Ja's problems, so we're judging his problems. There are a lot of other people doing have similar problems. You're just not seeing them to judge them. And like you said, the ultimate thing is you just want people to be well. Like, I don't care if, if, if ultimately, what if, if he said tomorrow, you know, basketball is not good for my health and I'm, I'm going to stop playing and I'm going to go be right with myself. Right. I, you would be disappointed, but I would I would say, hey, man, you got to live. 
because you're going to spend a lot more of your life not playing basketball anyway. So if, if whatever it takes for you to be right in life, I'm for that. Like, I, I, but it's, I think we're selfish. I think we're jealous. You know, like people want to be in his spot and say that what they would or would not do in it. And I, I think we also like, we like to scapegoat things. We want to yes. point and have some, like you said, the music or the culture or whatever. It ain't got nothing to do with that. It's not individual like that. It, if, unless you want to talk about American culture. Yeah. Like it's not, it, it's not black culture or white culture or NBA culture or whatever. That's, that's capitalism, baby. Exactly. Capitalism creates those kind of indulgences. And, and you know, and look, it, you know, again, we're looking for a scapegoat. You hear things like, you know, I mentioned earlier, he needs better people in his circle. Oh, Ja has too many yes, yes men in his in his crew. Ooh, he might. He might. I can't tell you if he does or if he doesn't. But what I do know, even you could have a group full of people that are telling you, no, 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 no. Guess what, grub? When you got that amount of money, when you have that amount of access, when you have that face call, when you're John Moran, you can find your yeses. You can go wherever you want to and find your, find the yes. Find one yes versus the five no's that's in your circle. That's the reality. That's the real life truth. You could have it. I, dog, I have some people that have given me good to this day is giving me good advice. And Lord knows when I was when I was seven years younger, 10 years younger, people that gave me good advice. I did what I wanted to do. I did. Sometimes I simply did what felt right in that moment that I regret it. But, that, bro, that's the human experience. That's the human experience. And I think it's fucked up that so often. This this brother is the latest example, you know, and, and some some people may look at this and say, well, you're you're enabling. No, I'm not because, you know, no, we're not. No, I want Ja to be better. I would like Ja to not be in a strip club with a gun, with a, you know, with, with a gun allegedly in his hand. I would like his name not attached to some of the other things that's that's been mentioned between his crew and, you know, and lasers and and and, and uh mall, mall security yeah I, I would i would love that to not be the case but i do know that if you even want to keep it basketball you brought up Allen iverson you brought up you brought up the um the jail blazers i do know that there is a lot of favorite players from previous eras that have been involved in a lot of shit that just didn't have social media to 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 get attached themselves next to that didn't have um, folks attached to their attached to their phones and being able to pull out and being able to record immediately as soon as they felt like it. I I know that exists. I definitely know that exists. Al Iverson is the perfect case. Is the perfect example. You know, what I mean, you hear Stephen A. Smith talk about all the time. He said there are things I can't to this day I can't talk about with you know with with when it comes to Al Iverson. There are things, there's stories that I just simply did not write about. This is all things that sometimes he simply heard. Anybody, thousands, hundreds of people can see it. And we just never hear about it. Oh, if we hear about it, we're like, ah, yeah, like, like, I know this is near and dear to your heart. Imagine what social media would be like if we got a chance to really see, slash, hear, slash, know more about I got a story from Big with Anthony Mason. While it was actually happened versus once Big writes the writes the song. Let's do this. Let's go back and do the Showtime Lakers when Magic and Worthy were having women 
in the in the locker room at halftime or imagine how twitter would have reacted the night that james worthy got arrested for picking up a prostitute and then got a police escort to the game at the time they gave him a standing ovation when he got to the arena after he had gotten out of jail <laughs> for, for picking up a prostitute now that's an actual crime like you know you he went to jail overnight for that had to get bailed out and the police drove him to the game <laughs> who enabled what then exactly you know what i'm saying like who and james worthy was older and, and and you would say probably more mature than what john moran is and didn't have the money or the power that john moran has at this stage and was making those mistakes so like yeah i mean we we acted like babe ruth you know didn't do stuff we acted like Muhammad Ali didn't do stuff. If we were if we were giving up on people at 23 years old, if we were constantly doing that as a society, making our final judgment on people at 23 years old, none of us would make it, man. And this actually leads into Kyrie Irving because listen, there's a lot of opinions about about Kyrie for better or for worse. Everybody may not may not agree with um, his form of expression or his line of thought or some of the things that he said or some of the things that he believes in. And that's up to you. I, I'm one of the reasons I made this show. Cause I try not, I really try not to judge people. I try not to, I'm so focused on trying to better, better who I am. I ain't got in knowing what I've done. Some of the things that people will never know about. I ain't got time to be judging your, your successes or your mistakes, especially if I don't know you. Right. Especially if you live in a life that like you mentioned, I can't imagine to live living at this moment, but Kyrie, I think it's interesting because he's one of the individuals. And I was talking to uh, I was talking to Jason Maples about it uh, and uh, and Jeremy J-Dub on Twitter. And we were talking about. I felt like and I think his recent um, form of expression through through Twitch, call it a rant, whatever, however you want to look at it is a perfect example. What I felt like years ago during right around Corona or before every time I hear Kyrie speak, I'm, I think to myself, man, I wish he took the Maya Moore out. I wish, I wish he would have retired and I wish he would have really dove into social justice then. And I hope he does do it eventually. Now people don't want to hear that because we're quick to, so, so many folks are quick to say, quick to call somebody an idiot, quick to say, um, with you know, we're tired of such distraction, cancer, whatever the case may be, without listening to, to whatever that whatever that person is saying. And I do believe Kyrie Irving is actually, um, I do believe he's intelligent, and I do believe that his heart more times than not means well. But I'm curious what you think about this. I don't think he'll ever be happy as a basketball player. I don't think he'll ever be fulfilled because most 99% of basketball players don't walk with the freedom for better or for worse than he does. And I think even when Kyrie tries to move in the right, in the right direction, and I don't even know if it's the right direction, but even when he tries to um, hold in some of his thoughts, it's, it doesn't leave him free. And when he chooses to not be controlled, when he chooses to not let money dictate what he does or doesn't do, or the machine that's behind him, whether it dictates or impacts his future or his present, he's punished for it. He's punished for it. Or he's looked at as crazy, 
idiot, whatever the case may be, whether you agree with what he's saying or not. And I could still say, ah, I probably would have done that. Probably wouldn't. I probably would. He's not. He's not going to let somebody tell him what to do. He's mm -hmm. going to do it because it's something that he feels strongly in his heart. But I'm curious to where, um, because that's a battle that a lot of powerful or, 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 or a lot of upcoming or just black men, period, that are trying to find their place and find their comfort in said society, I think, go through. That's what I look at when I see Kyrie. I see that struggle of I still I have a major opportunity for my family to make a bunch of money and get and, and, and create generational wealth. But this does not make me happy because I'm not able to truthfully be myself doing this, even though I'm really gifted at it. I'm really gifted at it. But this will not make me happy because no matter what I do, I'm fucked. It's a lose lose for better or for worse. Yeah, I think, you know, typically there are two types of players in the NBA. You know, they're the guys who who view it as their job. You know what I mean? Like, this is my profession. This is what I chose to do. This is what I worked really hard for. And then there are those people who are in it for the competition. Like, for Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, those types of guys, like, basketball just happened to be the thing that they drove their competitive energy through. You know what I mean? Like if it, if it was if it was anything else, they would have found something else. But basketball is a thing that was their thing to, to have that energy go through. For other people, it's what their talent. You see what I'm saying? Like the yeah. difference between what your talent leads you to do and what your spirit leads you to do. And, you know, we've because I've been talented, you know, I'm talented at things that I don't want to do that I've taken jobs in that I'm good at, but I didn't want to do them. But that was at the time that was the best way for me to make some money. You know what I mean? Like, but you don't want to be in those places. You really don't. And if your spirit ain't there, yeah, you can't be happy. Like if you if you shut that part off and just said, this is my job and you can go to work every day and you're content in that, like a lot of people can, then that's cool. But when you're a Kyrie Irving, yeah, it, basketball, because first of all, the way he talks about basketball, the way I perceived it, Kyrie does not look at basketball the way that other people look at the game. They are playing a 48-minute game. Kyrie takes basketball as an art form, as a yes. science. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's un he understands the angles. He understands. He's looking at it, and he's in his mind, and, and, and this is not uncommon with intelligent people. When, when you look at sometimes, he's seeing the letters, you know, like when, you, when Neo gets the revelation and he can see the code. For Kyrie, he thinks he's looking at the code. And I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying... That's how he views life, that he's he's cracking a code. That's the way he because he is a student. He views himself as a constant student. Yeah. And when people want you to be narrow in your focus, which is what most people want their athletes to be narrow. All you should be focused on is the team and winning and these things. And that's not his. That's not who he is. That's never been who he is. He much like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who said, you will not define me as a basketball player. That's what I do today. You know, that's what I do for the, for the, but there are all these other parts of my life. I'm a, uh, I'm also, you know, Kareem was also a historian and, a, and an activist and all these things. What did that make him? It made him problematic. Bill Russell, it made him problematic. Whether you agree or not, Muhammad Ali, it made him problematic. Now, I'm not saying Kyrie is the same in, in his level of sacrifice as those men, but he hasn't been asked to make that. But at the same time, I can't deny that Kyrie has been involved 
in the social justice causes. I can't deny that Kyrie was the one who stood up and said we shouldn't be in this bubble, that there are bigger things going on in this bubble. And I can't say that I didn't that I that I didn't agree with them then. Right. I know on my radio show at the time I said the NBA had no business going back to play. At least the in my mind, the black players didn't, because there were bigger things going on in the country at that time in my mind than getting back on that court because of what was going on in the country, what was going on in the streets, and what the statement that could have been made at that time. But the people who are about business, we don't have a problem with them. Who said you? The LeBrons who said we got to get back here because we got business to take care of. Kyrie's business wasn't LeBron's business. And if you're telling me that other players didn't respect what Kyrie was saying, then how is he in, was in the leadership of the NF, NBA Players Association? How did he ascend to that if he wasn't asking the questions? The same with an Isaiah Thomas who said all the time, why do all these guys want to talk negatively about me when they kept voting me to be president of the Players Association? Ooh, that's a bar. That's you know a bar. that's one of the best bars I think I think I've ever. This is my first time hearing that, but that's that's one of that's one of the best bars I think I've ever heard in regards to what we're talking about right now. So to me, yeah, cats protect their position, and it's easy to isolate the one when he's different. It's easy to ice. Look at Eton Thomas. He doesn't fit the mold, but he wasn't a star. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But when you become a star and people have expectations and you don't do what they expect from you, Kyrie really ain't that different from Kevin Durant. Kyrie really ain't that different from a lot of these guys. But Kyrie, in his explanations and what he does, he tells you so much. He's going to say the wrong thing sometimes because he's so open, because he's yeah. so willing to go right. through the process in front of everyone, because he's confident enough that like there's a quote from Gandhi that I used as my senior quote, and I, it's the one that I live by. The truth, and I'm paraphrasing right now because I, I can't remember it verbatim right now, but I don't have to be consistent with the truth only just as it reveals itself to me. Oof, you know what I'm saying? Like what I feel is true today, it might not be true tomorrow. So I need to be consistent with that. I can be wrong today and learn something and be right tomorrow. If I'm consistent with that truth, my mistakes don't matter because I'm evolving. That's the whole point. Your mistakes, if you are evolving and going forward, then that's okay. And I think what Kyrie is going through is an evolution of a man. Not a, not a child. He's not a child. He's 30 years old. He's, not a, he's a man. And he's going through the evolution, and he's willing to do that in front of you because he is unafraid to be wrong. He's unafraid to be wrong because he's asking questions. And sometimes, look, man, I know 30-year-old me had some very hard lines in the sand on certain things. 47-year-old me don't think the same way. We draw hard lines all the time in our opinions. We know for sure what this is and what we believe about A, B, C, and D. Before I became a parent, I knew what kind of parent I was going to be. Exactly. I'm not that. Before I got a job, I knew what kind of employee I was going to be. But I'm not that. You evolve and you got to figure out your own place in the world. Those The label is only the label that they assign. What you make of it underneath that is on you. And Kyrie is trying to figure that out for better or for worse. And I think people don't want to give him that opportunity because we are so, again, we are so reluctant to be, we, we don't want to be wrong in public. We don't want to be the one who's embarrassed. He ain't embarrassed though. He's not embarrassed because he believes with his heart in that moment what he's saying now 
I guarantee you there'll come a time in his life where he'll say, man, I wish I hadn't said that. Or I wish I hadn't said that. If he doesn't, then there's no sense of self-reflection. You know, I mean, it, it, what great person. Martin Luther King regretted things he said two years before he died. He regretted things he said in the, in the, in the I Have a Dream speech. So did Malcolm. So if, if the greatest person that America has ever produced regretted things that he said in the speech that, he, that this country knows him most for, says I wouldn't have done it that way if I look back again, then why am I going to get mad that Kyrie Irving is taking a couple missteps every now and then or is questioning? Sometimes people just question stuff just to be questioning it, just to see where you are with it. Are you cool with the question? Are you are you secure enough in yourself to not be threatened by me asking the question? And a lot of people are insecure in who they are, and they are threatened by people asking uncomfortable questions, or in ways in which in which that you know that isn't um, you know that breaks the mold. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of ways um, when we you know when we talk about stars stars in the league, it's not it hasn't been like Kyrie isn't consistent especially with how he answers questions or how he takes in questions than what we're, than what we're used to, especially when it comes to a star, he's going to tell you exactly what's on his mind. He's very, I don't care what anyone says. He's very, he's very intelligent. And like you said, that's one of the things I didn't, I didn't think about. He's, um, he's very human in the sense of, like you said, by the day he's evolving, by the day he's evolving, by the minute. Um, and he has no problem wearing that, wearing that on his sleeves. And sometimes, you know, it's funny, you know, you know, I tell my girl, I tell my girl this all the time, like, you know, we'll have a discussion and I'll tell her like, well, what I'm giving you is fresh off my brain, but it's not, it, it may not sound the way that I want it to, but this is, I'm being, I'm working through it as I'm telling you, mm -hmm. right? Because maybe I didn't expect you to ask me this question or maybe I didn't expect to be in a situation, but because you are who you are, because I am who I am, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the wrong. It may not it like don't take it a hundred percent from what I'm saying, but I'm trying to piece it together. And that may not sound that may not sound completely put together. A couple days, a couple days later, I may be able to come back and say, all right, this is truthfully what I meant. I was able to reflect on it. We don't give athletes, especially stars, we don't give them the opportunity to have those failures. They have to be a hundred percent right. They have to be a hundred percent on the spot. And I do, I do admire, even if I don't agree with every decision that Kyrie's made, even if I don't agree with everything he said. Um, I admire the fact that he's just willing for right, for, for better, for worse to be, to be human and speak his mind and not be controlled by look, the brothers come. <laughs> he's in a contract year. Mm -hmm. Everything he does right now is going to, I mean, hell before he got to Dallas, his money's impacted. Yes. It's 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 being impacted with what a team is going to be able to or or want to give him going forward, whether it be security, whether it be dollars. And listen, he knows that, but it's not stopping him, whether it be from asking, from answering. I saw um a dude, a dude that I followed, he has like maybe two thousand, two thousand followers that was that was covering a, a Mavericks game. He asked Kyrie a simple question. Kyrie took the time to give him a two paragraph answer and really dive into basketball just based off of a simple question. Yo, Kyrie, what'd you see there at fourth quarter? Kyrie is going, giving him the max in that moment. We didn't have to. Um, 
I appreciate the human element of him, and I wish that more more people did. And we 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 step back from labels, we step back from judgments, we step back from mistakes. Similarly, we talked about talked about with y'all, because nobody nobody is perfect. On top of the fact that we know, talking about it with this with this Jokic MVP situation, we know racial bias exists. We yeah. know. Um, there's a there's a bunch of disconnects racially that exists from education to um, the different kind of conversations to history to how people want to show what historically actually happened so on and so forth. I don't hold grudges for it necessarily, but you can't be upset with me if I if I have a have an idea or if I have a thought or a statement about it while I'm not hating you in the process. I, you know, um, I need. Another part of it too yeah. is how do you look? Like you said, Kyrie's not stupid. And when people come at you and you know what the game is, you know they're trying to pin you in the corner with a question. I, the first thing you learn, look, I did I did political PR. You know, I worked for candidates. I wrote speeches for politicians. I ran campaigns. I've done all that stuff in politics. And the first thing you learn is, no matter what people ask you as a question, you you get to answer however you like. Because once they stop asking the question, it's it's my turn and I can say whatever I want. So I may answer your question how you want. I may answer it completely different. I may be playing you. And sometimes Kyrie, he's enjoying himself too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I got to answer the same questions every day. Y'all asking me the same stuff. Mm, I'm going to throw you a curveball today just because I can. Because I can. Because it ain't going to hurt nobody. It's just, it's just a quote. You know what I'm saying? I can throw you off. Charles Barkley did the same thing in mm. a different way, but you're able to receive it because it comes with that country sound for Charles. And Charles now is all oh, the, the lovable guy. But again, when Charles was playing and Charles said stuff, Charles had things, you know, Charles had things that he said. I ain't gonna talk about the things that he did. I'm talking about things that he said in interviews that people got mad about then. And now he's beloved because it's about your position. You see what I'm saying? When he's the athlete, he is owned. He is owned. Fans, he's the property of the fans. He's the property of the city. He's the property of the team. And that's the same thing. Kyrie refuses to be your property. Yep. You keep saying that he got to stay where you got to stay. He said, I don't want to stay there. And any other person in America, when you don't want to be at your job anymore, you say, I'm picking up and moving if you can, right? If you have the option and the, and the willingness and you don't want to be at a place you work at anymore, you get your ass up and you leave. When Kyrie says, I don't want to be in this place. It ain't comfortable for me anymore. I'm ready to go. Then we say, oh, well, why are you doing that? Because he's a person that has the right to choose and use whatever leverage he has, limited as it is in professional sports, to decide where he wants to be. And a grown man can do that. Yeah. That's his right, you know, to do whatever leverage he has. If it's in the construct of the contract and the understanding of the team, hey, what did he do wrong? He told the Nets, I'm not going to resign with you. He told him up front. I think he did them a favor. What would you rather have done? Wait till the end of the year and say, I'm out. You get nothing. Bye. Then they would have said he was selfish for that. But see, it's about ownership. When, when you know, I always, I've always hit on this thing and people get on me and I say the we thing all the time. We, we, we. And I say, <laughs> I, I can't say we because I, it's, I'm not them. I yeah. don't go through it with them. I don't play the games. I don't live the life. I don't do do what they have to do. So ultimately, those men in those locker rooms have to make the decisions for themselves. They are not my property. 
They don't work for me. They don't really represent me. They represent the team that, that I may cheer for. But ultimately, those are individual employees. I can't hold Kyrie Irving to a different standard than I hold the regional manager at Xerox. Because why should you? Why should you? I, I mean, end of the day, Grub, he's a human first, man second, just so happens to be an athlete, just so happens to be really good at being an athlete, at mastering what his purpose on this earth was. And that, that's for all of us. None of us, none of us are above the the positive or negative that comes what that comes with living, living said life that was even the lives that people think are planned out for them is what it is. And that's okay. That's okay at the end of the day, man. So I appreciate that conversation, Grub. I feel so much better getting that off my chest versus talking to it. But man, I I've had so many car rides in the past week of talking, talking to myself about the situation. Felt good to talk to it, someone else. And those, everybody, y'all all talk to yourself. All of us do it. You all do mm-hmm. it. Oh, hey, if you, ain't have, if you don't have conversations with yourself at times, again, it's about self-reflection. Yeah. It's a, and, and, you know, you ain't got to say it out loud. Yeah, not, not know, yet. In public and have people <laughs> looking at you. But if you don't have time for quiet reflection, what, you know, that everybody talks about the conscience or whatever that you hear, that's you. Yeah, that's you. You are having that conversation with yourself because it's the things that you have been conditioned to believe. It's the things that you are learning in your life. And that is always in conflict. You are always receiving new information that contradicts what you learned in the past. So you have to deal with that. And that's through internal dialogue and growth. And it ain't easy. Like I say, growth, ain't as Antonio Davis says, growth ain't linear. And it also growth only comes through stress. Facts. All right, y'all. Um, well, I, I I did say that we were in this with some with some Pelicans talks. I do wanna I do wanna dive dive into that before we get out of here. Last about ten yep. minutes here. Um, so grub, um, if if the title stays as as I as I um kind of wanted it to be, it is. It's now or never for the Pelicans. Currently, right now, um, they're in the midst of a of a homestand that pretty much will make or break their season from a lot of different perspectives. And I feel like we have been saying that about certain games, certain segments throughout the year, but the West is so terrible that no one's out of it until they're completely out of it. And that means from fifth, sixth seed all the way down to the final play in seeding um, circumstances right now. What I'm curious about for you, um, because, and this is how I see it, I think this upcoming homestand and the the Rockets games that you have up upcoming, it's going to dictate. It could dictate your off season. It's definitely going to dictate how you finish the year. Um, it could have something to do with where um, the Lakers finish. It could also and probably will dictate whether or not you see Zion Williamson back this year, depending on if he has any individual setbacks. But this setup, this this situation that they have, I think, you know, most people looked at it starting with the Dallas game saying, you know, we're looking at over the next eight games or so. And then you have a you you have a final finish, I think, of a of a, of a West Coast road. It's hard. That fu- the final finish on the road and it's hard. It's tough. it's tough. So you need these games more than ever. How do you view these next 
seven games or so that the Pelicans have upcoming, what do you think they need to do? And what do you think has helped them in some of the, and what are some of the positive things that you've seen from them, whether it be quarters, quarters in which they've done well, or games that they've, that they've, that they've won and some of the negatives that they are going to need to get together if they want to um, finish strong through the rest of this year. Well, the first thing, you know, I think the most positive thing is, is been Herb Jones, you know, like, like Herb Jones, for everything that people want to talk about that he couldn't do, I think, you know, when you when you are put in the wrong situation, you get poor results. Herb Jones ain't supposed to be sitting in the corner shooting threes. That ain't his job. Herb Jones is supposed to be cutting to the basket on offense. He's supposed to. But defensively, he hadn't fallen off. He just when he wasn't healthy, he wasn't at his best. But healthy Herb Jones. I think, I think it was you that was talking about. He's the Ed Reed. He's Ed Reed. Yeah, he's Ed Reed, man. He's he's that smart where, you know, he he understands everything. And his, you know, I think he sets the tone defensively. That's also the problem. Herb Jones is not supposed to set the tone. Correct. You know, CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram is supposed to be setting the tone. And in B.I.'s case in particular, and this is not to rag on B.I. This is not what I'm doing here. I don't want people to be like, you hate B.I. Because this thing has gone on way too too long with this. <laughs> you know, it's this is purely about the basketball on the court. Brandon Ingram was poised. And, and Chris, we talked about this first first episode we were talking about pelicans or whatever and i said brandon was the one that i thought was gonna make all nba this year he was i thought he was set to make that jump now the injuries of course had its part and then you come back to it though how many times have we seen where he just hasn't been the the guy you know be it's is a difference between the scoring brandon ingram and the winning brandon ingram when he has that look like yeah. that that move the, that that, that approach to the game that is a bit different. This is the guy that we saw against Phoenix, you know, who was as confident as any player in the league at that point that you couldn't stop him, you know, and then, but then we get in these conversations like, well, Brandon's seeing double teams, man, you know, like this is the NBA. You're going to get double team. You might get triple team. This is what yeah. you do. You got to get buckets up. It was, I think that was the part that it seemed like people were a little too content. You know, when you heard that Larry Nance was talking about, we know the mental mistakes that, that we're having and they just weren't getting corrected. You know, it's hard, it, you know, for still a really young team. Remember this team is only 25 average age is still 25. It's yeah. still one there out of the Pelican in Pelicans history. Only one team that's been younger than this group has ever made the playoffs in the history of the franchise. Tell us that. So to me, there's still a lot of maturity that needs to go along with this team. And unfortunately, I think this is paying for past sins. If you, if, if, and it's if, if you had started four years ago with a young coach and a young team and they're growing together, how much different is the path today? Because right now, Willie's still going through his growing pains while the team is going through its own individual growing pains. And he's having to try to adjust to fix theirs. And he's also trying to fix his own. And all these things are coming together. I think that they need to understand that their identity can't be we play hard. Like that's, that's the not, bare minimum. That's that's not really. I mean, to that's me, not that, an identity. That's not really an, that. Yeah, that, like that's that's not what you would what you would term as a sign as an identity, right? That's a that's an action. That's that's force. That's a that's energy. That's emotion. But it's not. This is what we do. This is what we are known for. These are our principles. If I ask you your principles, it can't be I give the best that I got. Nah, like you know. That's like, what I expect of you. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, unfortunately, and this is no knock on Larry, you know, because listen, I I'm thankful for Larry to Larry to come up there in the hot seat, especially with the with the way the team is doing. Take a lot, take a lot for an individual to do that and sit up there for an hour and a half and answer every question in person has. But I do agree with you. I think an identity is something else. And, right? and right now they are they they are content in some ways for their identity to be that we play hard. You got to play smart. You got to play consistent. You have to be the same team every night. What Mike Brown is getting praised for is 77 seconds of accountability. That's all around Twitter. <laughs> Those things have to be you as the players, because ultimately that's who determines. It's not Willie Green. It's not Willie Green. It's the guys on the court every night. And they have to be there and be into it for 48 minutes. And that part, that consistency is what separates the good player from the great, the, uh, the, the playoff team from the champion. Do you want to be a champion? To be a champion, you got to be there every night, no matter who you're playing, no matter what the situation is, no matter who you have on the floor. And that's been the thing that's bothered people about the Pelicans this season is that you've not gotten that consistency of performance and effort and that understanding of what it takes to like moving, moving, passing the ball. Those are things that you have to keep conscious for yourself. You know that that's supposed to be a principle that we move on offense, that we are quick and rapid in our decision-making when you aren't doing those things and you aren't committed to changing that habit, then that's why you lose. This team should not be, should not have the record that it has. It should be better even with the injuries. And I think that's what they have to figure out. And, and unfortunately we've been in this situation three out of the last four years is you're asking this team to figure out intellectually how to be a better basketball team because the effort part, is not enough. Yeah, and that now you know that you know that also goes goes back to some of the things that I think uh eventually will slash have to be you know addressed with how you how you build the team. You know, it's clear now. Um, you know, you've gotten enough enough on paper, you've gotten enough data from a because you because you ran into similar problems in regards to playing without that. Okay, now you have to go through um you can call it extreme measures or, you know, whatever, whatever you want to in regards to how you improve the team and where you do it. Now, unfortunately, certain certain areas have been a problem since you know, we talk about all the time, four years in reference to the point guard position and what you do at center. But now but now I, I, if it wasn't clear before, it can't be, um, you know, there can't be a mistake about it um, before you are at judgment day between choosing where do I go between Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson? Who knows if that day? I hope that day doesn't come, but, but it may. And those questions going into next season will arise. If they don't, you know I mean? They're already being, being had, depending on how this season ends, you know, now you are going to have to upgrade this roster so you can truthfully build the identity. It's difficult to build said, said identity when the parts don't fit, when the parts don't fit, because you have so many guys out playing what they were originally brought in to, to do, well then, well, then that means you have to upgrade the depth, right? The talent of the depth. You have to upgrade the players around to which you have guys that can play comfortably and well in certain different situations instead of any kind of style. You only have so many of those individuals, an identity, a roster, a culture that we talk about so often. It also goes with, with the type of talents that you have as well. And that's not given or taken um with the uh with missing one individual if the pelicans were just being out talented 
Yeah. That would be different. You know, I mean, I and that's not to say that Zion Williamson isn't a great basketball player or 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 Brandon Ingram's absence doesn't doesn't hurt. But there's too many, I guess, examples to us that watch the game, that know the game the way you say, all right, you've been in situations even without said players where you've hurt slash beat slash got in the way of yourselves. And it doesn't look like that's talent's fault. No, that looks to be your fault. And there's nothing wrong with that, for better or for worse. And I would say this, too, is when you count on four and five people to make leaps every year, Yeah, that's never going to happen. It's yeah. never going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, the Thunder are about to have this situation. Yes. They know that oh. they've got two. They've got two for sure in Giddy and, and SGA. Now, what they do with SGA depends. But they know that those two guys bring it every night at a, an, at a level that they can deal with. The rest of these guys, Lou Dort is a role player. That's not a star. Lou Dort is a role player. A very solid role player. But he's not who they're building around. You're not worried about that. But they got to still figure out what they're going to, what is Chet Holmgren going to be? What is Jalen Williams going to be? What are all these guys going to be? And at some point, they're going to have to choose because you cannot, the same way the Pelicans, can't, you can't raise all these kids. The NBA is a small window. And how long can you keep all these guys together with injuries and contracts and their own personal desires to get their numbers? Look at the Kings. The they Kings get everybody. We left. We left. The Kings we... were only game behind the Pelicans last year. Right. And we laughed. I laughed. I thought it was a poor. I said, y'all, I, I, they, it's a bad decision. We talked about how bad of an organization they were, so on and so forth. But they made a decision. And once they made a decision, they said, all right, we drafted Davion Mitchell. We're committed to De'Aaron Fox right now. We're not going to be able to develop Halliburton. Um, we're not going to be able to develop Davion Mitchell, give all these and, and give all these guys minutes along with along with five. Like, we're not gonna be able to do it all, buddy. Here, like, it's not going to work. We're gonna make this move for Indiana, and then boom, what do they do the next offseason? They build around that they they made a choice. They gave up on Marvin Bagley, who there you played go. well for Detroit, but they said we couldn't wait, we can't wait for you, Marvin. Yeah, we can't wait for you. And, they made and a they, choice, and they went and got vets who filled fit. those roles that they could count on exactly. And I think that's what you're going to see. You have to see this offseason. This team has to get older in certain spots. And it has to have guys who understand those roles that you know are not growing in their roles. They already understand it and, and can give it to you. You can't have all three of your point guards needing 25 minutes to learn how to play the game because you don't get that in practice. So the Pelicans, all their guards need time on the floor. Yes. All of them. You need guys who can sit on a bench and don't need time on the floor but when you call on them you know exactly what you're going to get right and now. You, you can't say that it's not. And, and, and here's the thing, girl. It's not always these big, large, gigantic, gigantic moves. If you look at, you look at Sacramento, you'll say who are what, who are number three in the West right now. They, their, their biggest moves of the offseason. Of course they drafted, they drafted Keegan Murray who has, who played has fit, well. played, played very well. But what outside of the draft, we're talking about Malik Muck, Kevin Herter, um, I don't remember if Trey Lyles was already was already on the on the team or not. He was on the team last year, yeah, but yeah. he was wasn't doing much, you know. But he, they fit what this team what this team needs. Flaws and all, they decided this is what we're gonna do. People have been asking them to trade Harrison Barnes for a while now. They stuck. They stuck with them. 
it was all good moves. No one's standing in front of Davion Mitchell right now off the bench until it's until it's time. You know what I'm saying? You don't have an extra an extra guard there. And adding Muck, Herder, you know, you know, we talked we talked about Lyle. They're making a, they're making a, a decision with Metu off the bench. All these guys have made contributions to help this team where they are now. And it's all it, it all starts. You don't get here without making a decision, an unpopular decision, trading Halliburton for um, Sabonis and committing to it. So and shout it, out to Sacramento. And that deal is not about uh, who won the deal because yeah. Indiana's happy. Sacramento's yeah. happy. They both yeah. got talent that they wanted to get. And like you said, for Sacramento, at the very least, they have an offensive identity. Yeah. You know exactly what they're going to do to you offensively. They are going to run you to death both in the half court and in the full court. Mm-hmm. And what Mike Brown is saying now is we can't be great till we start playing some defense, fellas. And it's the perfect time for him to be for him to be saying that as the playoffs approach. So um shout out to what the Kings are doing. And, you know, and, and look, I you know, I think um, you know, we talked about the stretch um as we close here because I because I think that you know the Pelicans um they they do have an opportunity to to slowly find themselves again. And I think that they've been um you know, just stringing, stringing consistent. It's not even about it's stringing consistent games of 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 consistency together, um, with with intent, with purpose. And that Dallas game was even with a hobble, Luca and Dallas missing a few a few individuals. They, you know, they played like a team. They moved the ball. Um, you got contributions from a bunch of different individuals that made that made the right play. Even when Dallas punched back, then. Your star that was left on the floor, CJ McCollum, your all-star caliber of player, he closed the game. But you're not in that position if you don't get contributions from, you know, the extra plays. Herb Jones, back-to-back games, rebounding uh, over over eight. He had eight in the Sacramento game. He gets nine, in, you know, in that game. Um, you know, you get some good minutes from, you know, from Jackson Hayes. Jonas, Jonas doesn't work. Right. But you pivot. The game rebounding. All these things, you know, they add up. And that's going to be important for them. I think down this stretch, no matter who's out there, Dyson Daniels, who you know, I hope he continues to get minutes at the point guard position, working with this team. You get those things, and then you know, you look up, and then you know, you're in a position to where you're not fighting to get out the 10 seed if we're talking six games later. So we'll see how that works. Uh, I do want to give shout out here to our guys here at DraftKings Sportsbook. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook. The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Don't wait. Go to the app. Opt in. You see the you see the code down there. Boop. B-O-O-T. If it doesn't hit you, you get a bonus bet back up to $10. Um, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with the code Boop. New customers can bet $5 up to $200. If you have a gambling problem, anyone you know, please call one eight seven seven Hope in Y. Text Hope in Hope in Y. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis and counseling referral service can be accessed by calling one eight hundred Gambler. Um, also, got to give a shout out to our guys at Birdsall Law Firm down there, Poison Street, right by the Superdome. If you or anyone you know have been involved in any in any type of injury, people that we go through here at Buku Media, holler at them. Um, you know, and they'll definitely take care of you. Grub. Appreciate you. I got got to get out of here. We went over mm-hmm. an hour as we typically do, but I appreciate you as always for having this conversation with me, brother. Um, tell the people what you're doing, what you're working on, or, or, or what what you can um, speak on here. Yeah. What if All I, things cannot be revealed yeah. at this time. 
um, you know, obviously check uh, if when you can check out Pelican Scoop, um, what I'm doing over there, hard in the paint, and um, MLB broke. Look, uh, you know, we got a great partnership with Major League Baseball, historic partnership, and we cover the history of the game from the perspective of black and brown players in this country, and it's to celebrate them. It ain't about you know dividing people and stuff like that. We're talking about players that that we just want to celebrate and bring more people to the game, all the people that love the game, and celebrate these players. So check that out too as we get uh, to the start of baseball season. MLB Bro is one of the is one of the best, I think. Um, you know, uh, cre- creations of last year, year before last. I don't remember. If, this is but, our third. Like we ain't even been in like three full years. This is the start of our third year. So this is like two. We really only been existing for two years. It's one of the best. Shout out, shout out to everybody that's doing work there. Rob Parker as well um, for for bringing that into into the media space. And I love the fact that it's been embraced. I love the fact that it's not, you know, I don't, at least I don't see a bunch of people trying to tear it down, trying to act like that there's any, any division as we, as it, it always, it always happens, but I, I haven't seen that happen yet. You guys do really good work. There's some hip hop in there. Um, you know, you know, there's wonderful stats, there's history, you know, there's, there's media access, there's interviews. If you like baseball, even if you don't like baseball, you like the culture. And if you don't like the culture, either way, I'm telling you, it's hard for you to go and look at what MLB Bro is doing. I'm giving them promo right now, and I don't care. I love what they're doing, and I'm happy that they got that partnership with MLB. So shout it's, out to you, my dog. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Like, nobody has ever gotten this this fast. And for us to be in this position is just bananas. But I appreciate – I got to say to you, I love you. I appreciate you. And – you know, more than anything, like we talk about honesty and authenticity, brother, that's what you keep and keep it, you know, and hold on to that. And wherever it takes you, you're going to be all right. I'm, 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 I'm trying, trying my best not to lose it, man. So I uh, appreciate you, OG, man, as always. Appreciate the love. You know, you know, you know, you know what we are, man, locked in. Um, That's pretty much it for us, man. I appreciate y'all. There was no intro, so that's not going to be an outro today. Y'all know what to y'all y'all know where to find me. Y'all know where to find DM Grub the ad sign up there. I'm at Impatient Bull on Twitter. You were in space. See y'all next time. Hopefully the Pelicans can get a get get a couple wins together before we meet together again. We out.